All right, it is 9.34, and joining me now is my good friend Barb Lampson. We're going to talk about gardening and things. We were just looking at pictures of lily bulbs. The National uh, North American Lily Society, which is the National Association, is having an online virtual auction, and we were just looking at some of the bulbs, Barb. And, you know, you normally from the, the sales, you can get a bulb for maybe 3 $4, but some of these are going for $165 plus. But it is a fundraiser, but some of them are kind of rare. Yeah, that's true. Um, <clears throat> I think if you shop around, maybe you will find some others. Some of these are probably new introductions. Oh, most of these are, are rare and yeah. are seedlings that, that some breeders have made. So these this is the National Association. So these are not common ones generally, Barb. So. But you know, maybe their parentage is rare, the combination to get to this. But you, have you noticed how many um, the new introductions, they... Um, they replicate each other in certain ways. Well, they look similar, right? It's like yeah, genetics yeah. because you're going to get a family <clears throat> with red hair. They might get the red hair. Yeah, so there are some that are similar. But then there are some here because um, if you're an Asiatic or other type of lily breeder, there's some that are more fertile. So the people really want them oh, if they're sure. going to be doing that. But your most average people that we talk to yeah. are just wanting something pretty. So it's a fundraiser. And I was just laughing because these are donated bulbs from, you know, some pretty big time breeders of the lilies and then somebody must have had some nice irises and and nobody's bit on the irises barb yeah <laughs> you can tell i bet you if there's the iris society they'd have huge numbers so it's kind oh, of sure. your interest sure you know i'm glad you, we started talking about lilies because you know my son in alaska yeah raises lilies i mean he grows them right now he started hybridizing but i don't think he's going to stick with that i think he just uh he belongs to several societies oh wow one in canada one in the state of Washington. And so he's been buying um, lilies from all over. And he sends me these pictures. He'll send maybe 20 a day oh my of, goodness. as they open up. And then he also has uh, time-lapsed photography. Oh, so is neat. that ever neat? So as they start opening up, you see how beautiful they are. One of them that I just really liked, Olympic Torch. If you can find that, that's an ornipet. It's orient pet, yeah, yeah, orient pet, and it is the outside. How often do we admire the outside of a lily? But the outside is just gorgeous. The inside is just gorgeous. It's it's really really pretty. It's uh, peach and red. I love it so much. Oh. Yeah, there are some really unique ones, and that's what Grant has been working on. He's developed some that are really pretty as well. But the thing is, you know, they might look pretty the first year. Then you have to see how strong is the stem, how strong yes. are the leaves. So it really, you know, people complain about how high the prices are for plants, but it takes a long time right. to develop them. Well, you know, so, anything that you start right. growing uh, like that does take a long time to get it to the market. Here's another one. Peach lace. That's an Asiatic. Um it's this has the same coloring. It reminded me of uh, stripy tomato, that tomato that has the red and then it has the yellow running through it and the orange and that. It's just such. That's what that peach lace is all about. Oh, okay. I, I thought that was just really uh, gorgeous. So, <clears throat> Karen, my birthday is in October. Happy birthday, early. Yeah. yeah. So my son said. Let me know what you want. Aww. So last year I got Pretty Woman, 
and and I just love that. Did it bloom for you this year? Oh yes, it did. And it gets taller each year because it can get up to I think seven, eight feet tall. Yes, and and I've seen the pictures of it, and the flowers are just gigantic on it. So that um, they were beautiful bulbs when they came. The only thing was, um, those came from Holland, Mm -hmm. and it was. into October before I got them. Which is a little late. I mean, you want to, yeah. you can plant in the fall, but it's nice if they get a little bit of a start. It, it is, it is. So what I did was, you know, I had that um, that compost pile that I make in mm-hmm. 17 to 18 days. Right. I, plant, I started that, and so I had that. I was turning it and that, and when those bulbs came, I moved that to the side, this soil underneath was nice and warm, ah. and I worked some of that compost in there, and then I planted those bulbs, and then I covered them up again. Very and good. It, yeah, it really paid off. Do you know one of the things I did? There's a there's a lily called Martagon, and they are yeah. a different kind. They're in the lilium family, but they are the early bloomers, and they can t- tolerate a little shade, and I just love them. So I bought a bunch of Martagon bulbs. They're a lot more expensive because to, to yes. develop them takes up to seven to eight years before you actually get a, a actual flower from what you're you're starting from seed or whatever and so I planted all of them and I was so disappointed because none of them came up this spring well not all of them and so I was starting to dig around Mm -hmm. and well guess what sometimes they just rest the first year and they don't come up so when I went to the lily show and I was talking about they said well we hope you didn't move them I go what do you mean sometimes they don't come up until two years later sure so you need to mark them you know um I just fell in love with the Martagon lilies when I we had a speaker that was talking about them and showed pictures of them and I like the fact it's a smaller flower but there's so many and so intense. there could be like 30 40 on a stem oh just beautiful so <clears throat> and they last quite a while too so I uh, he had the name of a grower and I called him and and asked him for a catalog which they didn't have but I ordered one it was $25 for one bulb mm. and I thought that's, for for Martagons that's actually reasonable yeah but uh, for me I know <clears throat> if he doesn't spend that kind of money yeah. on anything <laughs> I just oh I said okay well <clears throat> I planted it uh, in the backyard I thought this was the perfect spot I had it there about three years it was very it wasn't uh, it was wasn't vigorous no it was surviving but you know it wasn't really doing well so I moved it to the front and something dug it out and ate it oh shoot probably one of those squirrels or $25 meal for you (laughs) This, you know, <laughs> that's like a big steak for us. Three years of three years of nursing this things in the back and now taking it up oh, front. Oh, I'm sorry. But, well, you know, this is uh, when you consider the whole scheme of things. Just think how mo- difficult it must be for farmers who put up with this kind of stuff all the oh, time. Oh, absolutely. And you know, some of them do use chemicals and things, and so there may be be cases where that's necessary. Of course, we try not to as much as possible. Exactly. Do you know what I have the, for the first time this year? I have uh, a <clears throat> climbing hop bean up front. Now, the hop, hop is that the stuff you used to make beer, right? Yes, it is. It, it gets it kind of makes it like a bloom, but which really isn't a bloom. It's more green, right? Isn't it? it? The vine is green, but then this little thing is it's um, it turns brown, and then oh, use those okay. hops for flavoring of the beer. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> so. It could probably never have been in a better place. And it's been there maybe for 25 years. This is the one in front of your house by the doors, right? Yeah, and it has the, um, 
it had the junipers in front. Yes. So, okay, so never had any kind of a disease. It just grew. It was so vigorous. I kept cutting it back mm-hmm. in the summertime because it was coming so vigorous. Back, yeah. This year, it is turning white because it's got so much mildew on it. Now, can you... Well, what in the world? Because you had the, the junipers in front, which would have prevented yeah. the airflow. So what do you think happened? Uh, it's it's the humidity at night. Mm. It is so humid. And this is what we have in the South, too. The humidity never goes away. You have it day and night. And, sure. and that's such a, a hazard. But uh, I don't think, I hope, that this isn't going to be the kind of weather we have every summer, what yeah. we've had, especially um, August was really a hot, humid month. And with uh, a fungal disease like this, if you're going to use a fungicide, you apply it before the fungus comes. Yeah, otherwise before. it's too late. It's too late. Right. That's exactly See, right. See, that, that I got a call this week from someone asking about their peonies or peonies, however you want to say it, um, saying, should I cut off my peonies now? And I said, well, are they getting a powdery mildew, you know, kind of a white sheen on them? They said, well, no, not really. And I said, really, then you shouldn't cut them because they're right. making the food for the roots for the, the winter. And it ends up for me that mine by this time or a little later this summer will get the powdery mildew. So then I cut them off. And you want to make sure that you throw those, what you cut off, in a garbage bag. You right. don't want to put them in your compost <coughs> because you're going to get that powdery mildew everywhere. They said, well, sh- could I, if I cut them off, I don't remember the reason they wanted to cut them off for some 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 reason. And then they said, well, will they still be okay? And I said, they they said they've been there like 25 years. I said, they'll probably be fine. Sure. You sure. know, what do you think? I mean, oh, yeah, I think I mean, so it's too. better not to, but <coughs> in yeah. that case... Right, right. Uh, if if you have powdery mildew and you've been um, um, cutting them off and that, be sure and wash your, your tools. With, wash your hands before you yes, handle anything else, With alcohol else or a bleach, a uh, 10% bleach solution. Yeah, and with your hands, good soap and water. Or if you, yes. you have disposable gloves or if you have cloth gloves, you know, change gloves, get those. Either discard them if they're, if they're discardable or otherwise wash them really well because you can drag it around to something else very, easily. very easily. Yeah, yeah. Even <clears throat> going in the garden and brushing up against a plant and going someplace else, especially if that plant is susceptible. Not all plants are no, susceptible. No, some yeah. aren't. But your flocks, like usually my flocks <coughs> about this yeah. time. So what I've been doing when the bloom on my flocks are done, I've been cutting them down, the just that bloom off, just yes. to try and thin them out a little to get a little more air because right. they do usually get powdery mildew. Yes, and you know the thing about flocks, if you, they after they get done blooming, they make seed. If you leave those they'll uh, seed sp- everywhere, everywhere, yeah. and then they don't come back true. And if you had something that was really special, and now it it's made seed and cross pollinated. And there you get something that you think, oh, my gosh. But you don't know until it blooms. What it's going to be, right. Yeah. You know, I have those granny bonnets, and I had these beautiful deep, deep purple ones, and a bunch went to seed. And now they come back white or lavender. But I don't mind because they're still pretty. Yeah. Okay, and I'll tell you what, the pollinators don't know the difference. No. They, they, they love it. It's just about space. Hey, I had a question from a lady in Wasika. She said this is the first time that her beautiful woodland ferns Mm -hmm. got all brown and she wondered if she could cut them back well mine get brown every summer because i don't water them and then they're on a hillside so 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 i said to her well you know (laughs) uh, this is a fern and this was uh we had a drought summer this year i don't care what they say in the paper about we didn't have a drought 
we had a drought in my yard. Well, we did, and maybe now it's not qualified as a drought, but there was, yeah. Boy, I mean, it's so we uh, were so short on rain, and it was so unusual to get any rain, and then we'd have a third of an inch or something yeah. like that. But so I told her, no, go ahead and cut them back. That, that uh, it was so hot and so dry. And if you look at a fern leaf, the little fronds, they're so thin. They can't, uh, they're not like a leaf on another plant. They, they just dry out. In because, the yeah, they, they don't have the, the right, they right. desiccate. So and this is true of whether it's that woodland fern or it's the uh, Japanese they, painted fern. Even my ostrich ferns, which are pretty hardy, pretty tough, are on right. the hillside at the lake house. And they always, by the end of this time of the summer, because it's on a hillside, so even if there is rain, it kind of goes down. They get brown by the end of summer. It's like, okay, there they are. You know, uh, I've been cutting mine back because... Um, I have too many ferns. Oh. I think originally... Are yours the ostrich ferns or which ones? I They're the woodland fern. Oh. With, and they have that brown spike that comes up, okay. you know, that kind of whatever that's supposed to be. It's kind of pretty. You can use it in dried arrangements in the winter and that. But they came from the farm, from David's oh. family wow. farm. And I suppose I started out with one or two. And then I let them spread along the fence well, <clears throat> since Dave did this pruning for me last week on this blue spruce, all of a sudden it's opened up an area. I can see the sun More coming sun. in there. And uh, so the ferns are s- singeing a little, scorching. They're, and they're taking too much room. So now I can... I can put something else in there. So that's kind of the way a gardener goes, you know. You know, have you ever watched those art shows like Bob Ross or those other ones where they they paint? And I always watch them because they they, first they paint the background and then they add all these elements. But it's funny because they always like paint over stuff. And you think, well, why did they do that in the first place? And just like a gardener is we plant something and then we change it and change it again and change it again so it's like yeah. art yeah well you know one thing about about gardening that i have found because now i'm in an art class i've been painting oh so, really <clears throat> it's um it is easy to paint over but when you when you place something in a garden it gets bigger than it was supposed to often and and now you are challenged with moving the next the thing that is crowding out are moving part of this one. So it's a much bigger job. (laughs) And I found this to be true in my uh, border in front of my house. I have these balsam. And balsam, I absolutely... It's a balsam flower. Oh, flower. And it's an annual. And it blooms from the bottom up. Okay. And all along the inside. Um, It's very... um, The flowers... not big. It's it's somewhat dainty. They come in a, a range of colors, but it, mine are 54 inches tall. Yeah. Now that soil, I've got that so improved that anything that goes in there, they never make that kind of uh, a height on them. And they have spread into the chrysanthemums. Now I'm trying to think, should I, because this is a plant that's an annual, the first frost that comes, the stem is quite, uh, it looks like a watery in there. It's, it's similar to an impatience. Mm-hmm. looks like it's going to freeze really early. So should I take some of those out or should I get out the pruning shears and prune off some of the mums? It's, it's, it's a decision we have to make. But um, I absolutely love planting seeds. Um, seeds, 
uh, when you buy a plant, you see what it's going to be, and, and you can imagine it being taller. But when you plant a seed, and you, you get that first leaf, and then you get the true leaves, and it gets bigger, every day it's, it's changing right before your eyes. It's such a miracle. And, you know, one of the things when you do plant seeds, and this is, a, I think, a mistake pretty much every new gardener and even older gardeners like us make is when you plant a seed, because it's so small, the plant is so small, you tend to put them too close together and think, Absolutely. well, look how tiny this is. I've got plenty of space. And then I then I have, it's hard for me to then pull them out to thin them because I think, well, I don't yes. want to waste this. So sometimes I end up with too thick yeah. of, of, of in the garden. Yeah. I wonder if that isn't kind of human nature because I always think, <clears throat> okay, uh, uh, what, 20, 30% of these are going to die or they're not going to even germinate. So I, if I, I don't want to have gaps in here. I want this to look <laughs> yeah. nice and full. I have this very same problem. Yeah. Yeah. And after they're in there, um, I don't want to pull anything out either. I had one more question. Um, I've been traveling this week. Um, um, I was over in Wells, Minnesota, and I want to talk to you about that for a minute. But the question I had was about uh, uh, fertilizing. Okay. And, <clears throat> and this lady asked me, she said, um, can I do some fertilizing? Some of my plants didn't do as well as I expected, my perennials. And I said, no, you can't. I mean, if a plant is struggling because of the heat and because it's been dry, and then you fertilized it, you're going to burn gonna, it. You're going to introduce something else that's right. going to make it struggle even more. You know, that is one of the most common things I see on, like, the garden um, forums online and stuff sure. is, is people will show a picture of the struggling plant. And the first thing so many people say is, just fertilize it, fertilizer. And that's the worst thing you could do. Yeah. And here's what you need to do right now. If you have things that you didn't think did well this year, the, we're talking about perennials here, perennial plants, or even a perennial vegetable like rhubarb or something like that, make a note of it. And then next spring, when they're starting to emerge and they're going to be growing, that's when you would fertilize it. And you want to use a time-released fertilizer for that. Right. Or, you know, in my case with my rhubarb, for example, I got some really well-composted um, cow manure. And Excellent. I... I dug it in around it and, and that sort of thing early in the spring. And I can yeah. tell a big difference. Yeah, yeah. But you now know, is not the time. One of the disasters we had um, this past week, I guess it was coming on for about a week and a half, is um, our cucumber vines died. And cucumber vines are susceptible to the cucumber beetle. Right. It comes in two different they're they're both beetles, but one is the spotted one. I think it has three spot. No, it has many spots on it. And then the other one is the line, the four line plant, four bug. line plant, mm -hmm. right? And they do the same thing. They track in the disease. Mosaic virus is one of those, and then there's another virus that they all. It's really deadly for these plants, and the, and that's why. All of a sudden, they die, you know. Well, and I've had that with the, my squash. So I don't even plant squash anymore, but that's been, I think, the squash. Is it the beetle? Is that what it's called, the squash beetle? But I have never been able to raise squash in, in anywhere in my yard. I've tried different places, and they always get that where they look great, and then all of a sudden, it starts dying, and it's at the by the stem where it happens. Sure. So, the, <clears throat> so the cucumber beetle is 
guilty of visiting all these vine plants. Oh, so it's one. So you might have a squash beetle, but you might have the cucumber okay. beetles. So be aware for that. I like to read. I have an organic book. And this lady was saying that she always had this problem until she interplanted marigolds along with the cucumbers and along with all the vining crops. And um, that, she seemed to think, um, solved her problem. It might, but then again, it, it might not. It just might be, yeah. yeah. right. The main thing I would say here with anything like that as a vining crop or anything is be sure that you're rotating it. Get it out of that soil because the cucumber beetle, the larva, that lives in the soil. Right. So. Hey, I just wanted to let you know I've been harvesting many, many ground cherries now. And Great. this year I did a different variety because the common one is called the Aunt Molly's ground cherry. Mm -hmm. And that's the one you can get in the past. I've just got it at like a, a, a local store as a transplant. But this year from the Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds, I ordered a new one. It's called the New Hanover Ground Cherry. And so I planted it by seed this year and it is supposed to be uh, better tasting. And it's, uh, it, it is. It's I, I will probably not go back to the other one again, uh, and I will do this new Hanover ground cherries. And of course, as you know, when ground cherries, they're in those little husks and then you mm -hmm. peel them, but they often fall to the ground and they'll reseed themselves. But uh, they say it's a seed that dates back to early 1900s from a woman named Katie Hoffman in New Hanover, Pennsylvania. And then the seed, of course, is an heirloom now. Sure. And so it is just amazing. So I just want to recommend that new Hanover ground cherry. Yep. Excellent taste. You know, my grandmother raised ground cherries and she didn't pick them until they fell to the ground. They fell off the plant. Yes, they do. And, and you know, they have that nice little paper protecting them, that wrapper. So they're not dirty. Yeah, they're not dirty. And of course, they have that sandy soil up there anyway. But And she would make... Uh, jelly with them and she'd also make pie with them and it was it was absolutely delicious uh and it was one of my mother's very very favorites so um that that's a great great way to get vitamin c all those good vitamins that you need in your I diet i like to just pop them in the mouth like candy i mean they're just yeah really that right good. right yeah. right i might have to get some seed from you oh just come <clears throat> out and pick them off the ground <laughs> yeah, yeah and you know this is the thing i'm trying to figure out if I lose my gardening space up at oh, Good Council, yeah. um, I have to find a place for a lot of things uh, that I don't want to let go of. So um, You might need to start doing the raised bed gardening in your backyard square foot like I do, and that's the way, yeah, only way uh, I can do it. Well, one of the things, I'm going to use containers, uh, and I've got a system for mounting them on my fence, and I'm going to try that. And um, I've already thought... I forgot about the squirrels. The so squirrels climb fences, <laughs> and they dig, and they yes, throw things, they and they're just just a real, real nuisance. So I don't know about that. We have um, a lily sale coming up from the Star of the North. The, the North Star Lily Society, right? yes. So, you you know, a lot of people will ask, well, how do you have all these beautiful flowers? A lot of them are planted in the fall, <clears> and lilies are one you can plant in the fall, especially martagon lilies. And the North Star Lily Society is having its bulb sale October 13th, and 14th, and it is at the Bachman's up in the uh, Lindale Avenue up in the right, Twin Cities, right. so, south side. Easy of the, to find. Yeah, it's easy to find, and of course, it's 
you can get reasonable bulbs. They're not like the ones on the auction for the National where they're really expensive. Some of them are right. three, four bucks a piece. And you can get so many varieties that you can't find in any store. Sure, sure. So, yeah, thanks for mentioning they that. They usually send out a list to us, too, to the members. Yeah, you know what, though? They are having trouble. We just, because my son's on the board, Grant is on the board of that uh, state group. And they're having trouble with supply, getting them. Ah. So they're hoping to get them so know what we're going to get to get those lists out so hope that's a uh, hopefully it's coming yeah we'll, we'll let you know as soon as we we get that but you know it's like anything else the supply the tr- uh, transportation sure. has been an issue you know it um it is interesting uh when you work outside and especially when i'm in the front yard people will stop they're walking their dogs or they're driving by they'll see me and they'll stop and it's interesting what will Somebody will be interested in your yard, and yes. and this uh, plant that I have, which is uh, a euphorbia, it's um, margin uh, marginata, snow on the mountain, um, marginata, and uh, it, it's it's a an annual plant, and it gets a wonderful little bloom on top. The foliage is green and white, and when you get this little floweret on the top it's just really striking and I had two visitors stop by and ask for seed and uh, no wait a minute three visitors uh-huh. and and one of them said well would you mind if I came and picked my own seed and I said yes I would if you just wait till September 15th uh, by that time you know you have to harvest seed at the right time right or it's not going to grow right 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 so I said it, it's no problem but uh, I'll, I'll harvest them for you and dry them off in my greenhouse, and then you'll be all set to go. But it is interesting what people find that they like. Right, because sometimes I'll think this is something ordinary, they're like, oh, whatever. But yeah. then I'll get somebody to go, oh, look at that. You know the one I get the most comments about still, though, is that hardy hibiscus barb. Every sure. time I'm out, I've, I've still got in town here in Mankato, mine are all done blooming, but out of the lake they are just in full <clears throat> full bloom and full force and so every time I'm working out there people say what is that plants right. what is that flower and I'll pick one for them and then they just can't believe it because it looks like so delicate cray paper but it's... it it does look like cray paper but of course the Japanese beetles know that that's delicious they like it. <laughs> and, and they love it but hey you know what this year I didn't have any on my hibiscus and I'm... I did some but not as much as in the past yeah and I only had two uh, Japanese beetles on my roses in the backyard, just two. They decided it wasn't worthwhile, I guess, <laughs> or there was something they liked yeah. better. I don't know what that was all about. Well, we'll have to see. I hope that, that they're not coming back next year is all I can say. Hey, Barb, going to State Fair or not? No, you're not going. But I'm I, going on vacation. Oh, right. that's right. You're going on vacation. Well, we're going to be at the State Fair, so I'm going to check out all the things, the flowers and things. And if you go to the Horticulture Building, each of the different societies has special displays like the Hossa Society, the right. Lily Society, the Iris Society, the Rose Society, you name it, it's going to be there. Yes. And you have to look at the schedule to see which day they're going to be there if you want a specific, see a specific kind. Exactly. It's a great learning experience and uh, and there's always place, plenty of places to sit down. Lots of food to munch on. Lots of good things to drink. And Check uh, out the 4-H exhibits. Yes, yes. Grant has his lily breeding, so if you go to the State Fair in the 4-H building, you can see it says lily breeding and that is Grant's. And I love to go to the barns. I love to see the, yeah. the animals too. They have such beautiful ones. Alright, we gotta go, but We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot, All right, bye-bye, Barb.